0: Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today.
1: I want my testimony to be my God hung on a cross for me that I could walk in the security of my salvation and no weapon formed against me will prosper. If any word rises against me I'm going to condemn it and I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord because He is my refuge and my strength.
0: Over the years I've learned not to fear death, but suffering is another story. Isn't that kind of our goal in life though? To lead peaceful, happy, pain-free lives? The truth is, God's Word tells us there will be suffering in this world. So how do we deal with not only the suffering, but the fear of suffering? Thankfully, God's Word also tells us there's hope. And in today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason discusses the concepts of fear and hope, and how to have one without the other.
1: We've gone through a a time of um, adversity in my house, Uh, my mother-in-law went to be with the Lord, my daddy's in the... Rehab and bless his heart. We can't go see him, and if you know anything about Daddy, family's very, very important to him. And so uh, we finally they got him into a place uh, this past uh, past week where we could go and stand at the window. If you want to go stand at the window and talk to him, you can. He's at Jonesboro Nursing Home. They're doing rehab on him. Uh, but uh, my brother went to see him yesterday, and he'd had a dream that uh, Brick had been murdered. And when Brick showed up, it just, he, he was just some kind of glad. So, uh, it's been a, it's been a very, very difficult, uh, time. Sue is struggling a lot with her mama being gone. And so, you, you know, we, we have these times of adversity. Everything is not always up in the mountaintop. Sometimes we're in the valley. And we have to understand when we're in the valley that we were promised one thing, and that is that we were promised that there is the, the glory of God is coming, but we, it's here but we're going to have tribulation. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is tribulation. And so if we understand there's tribulation, then we have two ways to face the adversity that we walk through. We have two ways to walk walk through the the trials and the tribulation and the persecution that comes. We can either walk in fear or we can walk in hope. 2020 has been a very unusual year. Everybody agree to that? Amen. Very unusual year. And uh, because of the, uh, the proliferation of, of media, they have tried to scare our britches off. Y- y- I hope you understand that sensationalism is what sells. And so the more horrific they can make something sound, the more audience they can attract, and the more audience they can attract, the more fear they can sow. A- and they become the purveyors of fear. And so we have to understand what's going on, that our hope is not found in fear. I heard somebody say on television the other day, the only force greater than fear is hope. Okay, and so we want to be a people that walk in perfect hope. We have a hope that is set before us. Jeremiah 29.10, most of you are very familiar with. It says, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon... I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Say it again. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Now, what we hear all the time is God said, I got a plan for you. I got a good plan for you, a plan to give you a future and a hope. What we don't tell everybody is, he also said, you've got to wait 70 years for the fulfillment of that. Oh, my. That's a long time. That is a very long time. 70 years is. And so we come to this place and we say, Lord, am I going to have to wait 70 years? Well, I don't know. I've been waiting. I've been waiting since David was 16 to see him turn the corner. Now, he has turned some corners, but he hadn't turned them all. But I have a hope. I have a hope and I have a promise, and I will see the salvation of the Lord come upon him. Why? Because God promised. Amen? Come on, give God praise. Come on. I have a hope. God giving me a hope. It doesn't matter whether that hope is completed today, tomorrow, next week. Even if some of those things that we're hoping for is completed in the next generation, I don't care. If Herman and, and Josh and David can take it to the next level, and my grandchildren can take it to the next level, you know, that's still the fulfillment of what God has said. Isn't that the way he did Abraham? 100 years old, for, but almost before he had his first one, and he messed that one up. And when he had his second one, the child of promise, he still didn't see what all he had been promised. He had been promised that his descendants would be greater than the number of the stars in the heaven or the grains of sand on the seashore. And so it was not going to be fulfilled in Abraham's lifetime. Would you be okay if the promises of God are not fulfilled in your lifetime? Most of us would not be. So what I want you to understand here is that that just because the the promise has not been fulfilled so far doesn't mean it won't won't be fulfilled, and just because you haven't beheld it with your eyes does not mean that that you can't behold it with your eyes. But even if you don't, what difference does it make? You see, we are the we are one of the first generations that don't, that lived for ourselves, and we're not preparing for their future, for future generations. You see, we've reached a point in time in our life where we need to be plowing the ground, not for ourselves but for those that will come behind us. We need to have a legacy that says that goes deep into God that understands what prayer and intercession is all about, that we give them a hope and not tell them all this stuff about you're going to fail. If you ever listen to what's going on in the church right now, you've got more political arguments going on in the church than you have anywhere else. And people are all, all in fear and not in hope well let me give you some real good news God is sovereign he's in control it doesn't make any difference our God rules and our God reigns amen and so that's what I'm going to focus on. This is there, the, the man that, that comes to the White House is not going to control the destiny of this nation. The church controls the destiny of the nation. We are the hope for the United States of America. Not Congress, not the political movement, not the government. The church is the hope. And the reason the church is the hope is because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God himself on the planet indwells us. Amen? Come on, you got to grab hold of this idea. He tells them, he said that 70 years it'll be it. But then he goes on and he says, this adversity will build character. Adversity builds character. Well, I don't need this much character. Can I tell you that there is an, an idol in many, 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 if not most, all American lives that's called comfort? We worship comfort and we hate conflict. I've been I've been studying a book about we become what we worship. And when we worship comfort, we become comfortable. And we what we have a tendency to do is seclude ourselves in a comfort zone, and we refuse to go beyond that comfort zone and Because fear is dictating to us. And we we don't think fear is dictating to us because we've built this nest that we're comfortable in. And once we get comfortable in that nest, we say, "Mm, I'm not going to go outside. That conflict is not for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, let let me tell you what the Scriptures tell us. We talked about this one Friday night in Psalm 115. Go back and read it. It says, you will become like what you worship. So let's assume that you become like what you worship. What we worship has no eyes, so it cannot see. It has no ears, so it cannot hear. It has no mouth, so it cannot speak. It has no feet, so it cannot walk. That means you can't see what God's doing because you're more interested in putting comfort ahead of the kingdom. Am I making sense to you? The only way hope comes forth is through the kingdom. It's not through fear. And you can operate in fear and you can get comfortable with fear. You can get comfortable with fear as long as there's not a confrontation going on and there's nothing that's really kind of disturbing you. We can allow that to come in. I I never have understood why people want to go see scary movies. Come on, there are plenty of scary movie enthusiasts. I know there are and I'm not condemning you. I just think you're dumb. No, excuse me, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I never will forget, we went over to Sue's sister's house and we're visiting with her sister and her brother-in-law and, and uh, all the kids were kind of taking care of each other and my kids wanted to spend the night with their kids. and So the next day they came home and we put them to bed and boy, about the middle of the night they got up Herman and David and Josh, they were all, man, they were screaming and crying. And, and I finally I said, what in the world is wrong with y'all? And they said, well, we watched Cujo last night. We're afraid the dog's going to get us. For two weeks they had to sleep in my bedroom because they couldn't go to sleep at night. I don't know about you, but that just is not entertainment to me. I'm not interested in allowing a a place for fear to enter into my heart. I want my testimony to be my God hung on a cross for me that I could walk in the security of my salvation and no weapon formed against me will prosper. If any word rises against me, I'm going to condemn it and I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord because He is my refuge and my strength. Amen? Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Amen. So we know we've been through a year of adversity. How many of you have grown in this year and how many of you have retreated? You see, you don't have to raise your hands. I'm just I'm asking the question, have you gone backwards? I was talking to my next door neighbor and uh, uh, she was telling me that, you know, they, were, they, they had been real fearful of getting out and doing anything sweet people sweet sweet people but you can you can hear the anxiety and one of the reasons is because he's got some kind of lung problem and heart problem and and covid would probably kill him so i mean you understand but but it's the the fear aspect that that has them put in their house and she said she said you know the problem is is i'm a social person and i can't get out amongst people well finally i told her what my daddy said you know, I was going shopping with Daddy, for Daddy when this all this started breaking out. And I thought, you know, you're 90-something years old. You don't need to be in the grocery stores where there are lots of people. And so I did it for about four or five weeks. And I must not have done a very good job because he didn't like what he was getting. And I kept telling him, Daddy, there's just not a lot of stuff on the shelves. He did not believe me, I can tell you. He tolerated me, but he did not believe me. So one day I called him up and I said, Daddy, what is your grocery list? He said, I'm going to the grocery store. I said, Daddy, I don't think that's a good idea. Why? Well, we don't know what's going on with this COVID stuff. He says, Son, I'm 92 years old. If I get COVID and die, I die. But I'm not staying in this house. Amen? Amen. Come on, give God praise. What I'm telling you is, I'm not telling you to be foolish. I I am not encouraging you to be foolish. But I am telling you, don't let fear drive you. We don't want to walk in fear. We want to walk in hope and an expectation. And, And I'm not looking to the scientists to solve this problem. I'm looking to God to solve this problem. Come on, let's put God on the throne and quit worshiping what's on the earth. We need to turn our eyes towards heaven and forget what's going on. We need to be an inspiration. We don't need to be part of the desperation that's going on in this country. We need to be the people that have the answers and not looking for the answers. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? All right, there's a picture up here. If you go to the next one. Let's show the picture. Anybody know who that man is? Now, you, he was the head of Poland. You're exactly right. His name is Lech Valenza. Lech Valenza was the son of a carpenter. He only received a, a primary school education and a vocational education. In 1976, Valenza... Uh, emerged as an anti-government union activist and lost his job as a result. In August 14, 1980, during protests at the Lenin shipyards caused by an increase in food prices, Valenza climbed over the shipyard fence and joined the workers inside, who elected him head of a strike committee to negotiate with management. Three days later, the striker's demands were conceded, December 13, 1981. The Polish government imposed martial law against Solidarity and Lech Valenza. They outlawed, and most of the leaders of Solidarity were arrested, including Lech Valenza, who was, who was detained for nearly a year. Valenza was subjected to constant harassment until collapsing economy, economic conditions, and a new wave of labor and unrest in 1988 forced Poland's government to negotiate with him and other Solidarity leaders. The negotiations eventually led to Poland becoming a free country coming out from underneath the tyranny of communism okay amen come on give god praise now why, why am i mentioning this this one man who didn't have a high school education who didn't who didn't know it saw an injustice and when he saw the injustice he was so moved by what he saw he climbed a fence to be part of the ones that were being persecuted Let me say that again. He climbed a fence to be a part of the ones that were being persecuted so that he could take a stand with them. And when he took his stand with him, it cost him his job. It cost him his freedom. It cost him everything he had. He was later elected to be the head of all of Poland in free elections. And the tyranny of communism was broken because one man decided to climb a fence and a a nation decided to rally with him. Amen? Come on. Come on. Let's, let's, Let's go. Let's see this next guy. Anybody recognize him? Maybe he's a little more familiar. Nelson Mandela. Anybody know anything about Nelson Mandela? Nelson Mandela was, was a, a freedom uh, rider for South Africa. If you don't know what apartheid is, apartheid was a, a government that had basically discounted every black member of the population. Now if you can imagine, we're talking about in Africa now. You, you do realize that in Africa the white people were the minority and the black people were the majority and yet the, the white people had such a rule over them that they said you can't vote. You have no say in how this nation is being run. Nelson Mandela was a lawyer and he had education. And he tried to bring protest and wasn't very successful at it. And so he began to, to rally people around him. Mandela was arrested in a roadblock in Natal. He was subsequently sentenced to five years in prison. Why? Because he took a stand against something that was evil. Now, let me, take, let me just read this on one more time. In October 1963, the imprisoned Mandela with several other men were tried for sabotage, treason, and violent conspiracy. Mandela's speech from, the, doc, the, uh, from in the in which he admitted the truth of some of the charges made against him was a classic defense of liberty and defiance of tyranny. His speech garnered international attention and acclaim and was published later that year as, I am prepared to die. June 12, 1964, he was sentenced to life imprisonment, narrowly escaping the death penalty. He put it all on the line. He was willing to die because he saw an injustice and he could not allow himself to go along just to get along. Anybody know what happened to Nelson Mandela? He became the, whole, the leader. And apartheid was demolished, wasn't it? One man. Decided to stand up. Well, that's wonderful. A little history lesson. Can I carry you back 2,000 years and tell you about a man that stood up on the cross? Yeah. Now let me tell you about a man that said, "Stand." I'm, I stood, and, I, and the whole nation, 2,000 years later, can't quit talking about that man. And then he sent his word and he said, having done all to stand, stand. He's telling us, take a stand. Be bold. Don't walk in fear. Walk in the hope that I've called you to. Be somebody else's hope. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Declare life over them. Bring them to a place to where they understand that God is the only hope. Jesus is the only way. And the Holy Ghost is the one that will carry you to his his throne. Come on. Come on, our God rules and reigns. What is your testimony? Herman's favorite verse. And they love not their own lives. Even unto death. We're so afraid we're going to get hurt. We're so afraid we're going to be damaged. And yet I'm I'm telling you about men and women that have stood up around this nation just because they saw human atrocity. Can I tell you there's something worse than a human atrocity going on? There is a kingdom atrocity and people are dying every day and they're busting hell wide open because the church is silent. Come on. Come on. We're afraid. We're afraid somebody We got hospitals full of people. Why? Because we won't learn how to move in a great enough faith to see people get healed. Why? Well, we're afraid it might not work. You know what that is? That's fear dictating your actions and my actions. I don't know about you, I'm tired of being fearful. I don't want to walk in fear. Doctor says you're going to die. I don't care what the doctor says. Jesus said, no man can take my life. You can't kill me. You might get rid of this body. You can't kill me. Jesus said, don't be afraid of the one that can kill the body. He said, if you want to have fear, fear the one that can damn you forever. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fear or hope? What are you going to move in? Jesus says there's a hope. There is a hope. That belongs to us. Luke 21, 25, and there will be signs in in the in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress the of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and the foreboding of what is coming on the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when you see these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise up your heads, because your redemption is drawing nigh. He says, in the end times, people's hearts will fail for fear because of the things that are coming on the earth. He said, hurricanes are going to be blowing. Did you see that in there? He said, the seas will be in turmoil, tumult, tumult. He said the the winds are going to blow. The earth is going to be shaken. The earthquakes are going to take place. The whole earth and the heavens will be rattled and shaken. And men will be afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not a man. You're a new creation. Amen. You're a man with hope. And a man with hope will overcome a man with fear every time. And we have a hope in our salvation. He said, look what he says now. He said, when this shaking begins, when the rattling begins, when, they, when people are afraid, they're so afraid because they don't know what's coming next. He said, when all this, he said, you look up. Why do I look up? Because I'm going to give him, because you need to be giving him, and I need to be giving him praise and worship. He said, I'm coming on the clouds. Can I tell you what the cloud rider is? It's not in a, a DC comic book. The cloud rider is the one that comes in judgment to release justice in the earth. He said, when these things begin to happen, look up because the justice that has been promised, the hope of nations is coming and it's exploding in the earth because Jesus will have declared it. He said, don't get distressed. Rejoice. Jump up and down. Wave your flags. Dance before the Lord. Why? Your redemption draws nigh. Fear or hope? Fear or hope? Where are you going to live? Men's hearts will fail for fear. Can I tell you that's being sown at a rate that we've never ever seen before. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what's happening. We get fearful. Let me read you one more scripture here. Actually, I got three more. Revelation two ten. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. <laughs> wouldn't that be nice if I came up here, or Herman came up here one Sunday and said, "Don't don't worry about what you're about to suffer, because I can promise you, you are fixing to suffer." But don't 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 worry about it. Uh, sometimes I wish Jesus wouldn't say this stuff. It's kind of like the the baseball manager that goes out to the pitcher and he said, whatever you do, don't throw it high and inside. This boy will take it out of the park. He plants that thought in his mind and all he can think is high and inside, high and inside. And 99 times out of 100, he'll throw it high and inside. You know, Jesus wouldn't say that, but he's preparing our hearts and our minds. And he's telling the church there, he says, he said, don't fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested For ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Now let me tell you something. That ten days, I know we like to be literalist, but this is a revelation, and he's saying it's a short time. Herman's been telling you about the light afflictions of the Apostle Paul, hadn't he? So I want to tell you about the short time. It means the space of time on this planet compared to eternity is less than 10 days. It's nothing. He said, endure, endure, endure. He said, don't worry about your death. Just endure. Don't give up. Don't quit. And don't back down. Don't back down. How many times do we back down when, the, when it gets uncomfortable? Now, look what he says here, because this is the point. If we want to live in our comfort zone, people say, well, that, I, I'm, I'm willing to do that. No, let me tell you something. Most of us don't like change. And so you've got to step outside your comfort zone. You mean something's got to change in your life. He said you'll become like your idols. Look what he says right here. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying they may chase you, they may beat you, they may imprison you, they may may kill you, but whatever you do, Call on me. I will be your strength and your salvation in the times of tribulation. And I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the hand of the enemy. And you will have nothing but blessings come upon you. Amen. Come on. Give God praise. Give God praise. Romans 5.2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Oh, Lord. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He said, we have this grace which we have been called to stand in. He said, this empowerment that comes from the throne of God. He said, he has empowered us to walk through whatever situation we've been called to walk through. And he said, if these adversities, will, will, if you will allow them to work in you, they will produce character in you. And that character that's produced in you will bring glory, honor, and praise to the Most High God. Amen. He tells us worship him. Worship him, don't turn away from him. But look what he says. He says, "Stand," and standing, he's not saying be wishy washy. He's saying be bold. Be bold. Let's you on a little secret. If you tell anybody I said this, I will agree with you. God does not like cowards. P.A. one more time. God does not like cowards. Cowards are those that shriek back. They don't want to take a stand. They want to let the world push them around. They want to let some news commentator tell them how to think. The only one that needs to be telling you how to think is the Holy Spirit of God, the Word of God, the intercession of God. That's where we need to be walking. We need to take a stand, people. We need to hear what God is saying and refuse to back up in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Am I making any sense to you? Now then, let's cover that. Anybody ever back down besides me? Anybody ever been intimidated besides me? Okay, Anybody just been slapped scared beside me? Now let's do this. Put out your hand just like this and say, Jesus, I give you the past. I take hold of the future. I am bold because you're bold. I overcome because you overcame. I will be who you say I am because I am said I am. Amen. Come on, give God praise, would you? Give God praise. And watch this, and then I'm going to finish. promise you. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Look what he says. You want to be free from fear? We just take hold of the Spirit. He said, "Where the Spirit of the Lord is? Where is the spirit of the Lord?" Where is the Spirit of the Lord? I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am because that's where God says. So when I've got the Holy Ghost, I've got freedom. I don't have to walk in fear. Now, I'm not telling you fear can't jump on you, but I'm going to tell you what, he can jump right off too. He can get gone in a heartbeat. You you have a fight-or-flight response, but you don't have to live in fight-or-flight response. Listen, you only have one response, and that's to fight in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So momentarily, you may have that desire to, to run. King David did, a mighty warrior of God. He said, if I could take on the wings of an eagle and fly away from here, I would. But then before he finished that psalm, he repented. Basically what he said is, I will fight. I will stand. I will ride with you. How about us? How about us?
0: You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. A place where you're loved, accepted, and received. A place of healing. A place of prayer. A place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you.
1: May the Lord bless and keep you, and He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you that the Lord will lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no
0: matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.